to play something. Had to play something recent. This is the last beat that I made. More previously. Or at least the last beat that I've made that's been incorporated to this podcast. And what podcast are you talking about? It's the Crimson Capsule Chapel. You dig? We still got the Will Smith shenanigans to go over. We still got Sky News, Australia, with another edition of Lefties losing it. Oh my God. We were talking about a lot of the zesty demons in these industries. A lot of booty bandits. A lot of booty booming. A lot of buns being bounced. Pause. Pause. You know what I mean? And it's like it's like almost four o'clock. Hold up, I got a jam real quick. Hold up. Hey, hold up, hold up, hold up. Damn. Damn. This is very rhythmatic. That's all, man. This shit is shit. Hmm. get back into the beats all right so i was playing what was i playing last time i played this other shit last time that i made like four or five years ago and i was just kind of just in my car trying to figure out how this shit was really five years ago and it really was because i was most likely in the same parking spot that i'm at if not i'm parallel parked and i'm looking directly at the spot that i'm parallel parked at so i was in either one or the other car playing the shit for the first time 
And I kind of remembered the day that I brought it up. But this shit, recent. It's, my, it's just light work, dude. It's just light work. Just light work. You know what I mean? Just a hobby. Just, you know, nothing, nothing major. You know what I'm saying? Definitely not trying to join the booty goons. I don't care how much money they're offering. Definitely not trying to join the booty goons. I'm just going to let that be known. But anyway, disclaimer. This is a disclaimer. The Crimson Capsule Chapel is a podcast about awareness and self-development. Do not listen if you are weak-minded and easily offended. This podcast is from a red pill perspective. We go hard on 304 so you can understand their nature. Again, listen at your own discretion. Thank you and enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. Hold up, hold up. They want the creme de la creme. The chat de la chat. Ready? You have the cameras rolling? Jersey Judah, once again back. Another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. All right? And yeah, we're going to continue going through this uh, Will Smith video from The Truth Is. He is allegedly being exposed for a lot of questionable, zesty, very flavorful activity. We'll just leave it there. You dig? And we also still got Sky News Australia, Rita Panahi, with another one of her uh, miniseries lefties losing it, which I don't think it's many at this point. She probably got like 20-something videos of it, and I've went through at least 10 of them. Okay? We're going to continue going through that. To get the worldly perspective of things, to know about what things are like down under. All right? I grew up, when I started drinking, I would I would buy Foster. That, that, was, my, uh, that was my beer, man. Um, the premium ale is all right. That's the green can, I think. But the regular blue can, phew, can't go wrong with that. Fosters, man. You feel me? But anyway, we're going to continue with the shenanigans, the fuck shit, the madness, the chicanery. Shout out to the channel called The Truth Is. And uh, let's continue. Lydia's going around doing the same to others, and that speaks for itself. I know most people heard this story and they instantly started laughing because people thought it was funny, but this is actually a serious situation. This is what goes on behind the scenes. All of these actors are made to do the same thing. If it's not them wearing a dress or doing a scene that they feel uncomfortable with of another Mm. guy in a movie, it's doing private party activities like Will Smith did, like Pete Diddy does. This is what the industry is truly about. Jada Pinkin was obviously a cover-up for Will Smith, and many people already believe this you know they think that will smith only got with jada to hide the fact that he was into men and many people do this in the industry they do things like this behind the scenes and joke about it in front of everybody and no one even realizes it Whoa, yeah, whoa, 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 
very sad if you ask me. And I highly believe that all of this is connected to Will Smith being associated with the Church of Scientology. You oh, even spoke shit. about the Church of Scientology. Yo, chill, 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 chill. Violation. <laughs> Violation. What the fuck? Yo, chill. Yo, I can't have my crib shot up. I can't have my crib, my car blown up. I can't have it happen, man. I just can't. This nigga said who? I never heard of those people before. Never heard of them. And like I said, I don't agree with this. I don't disagree with this. This is just public information that I am just sharing out there to those who are listening. Fair use. Shout out to the truth is. But yo, chill built off of Crowley's beliefs. The whole do with thy wilt ideology is being pushed through Scientology. And then you have Will trying to deny that he's even connected to Scientology, even though he attends their meetings and even opened up a whole school that was teaching Scientology in their curriculum. Eventually, he would get busted for this and they actually made him close the school down. I'm pretty sure just like they did... Wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Nope. Nope. I can't. Damn it. Fuck. I can't do it. I cannot verify this information, so I am not going to take this as true or false. But that is something very interesting looking up later on. I'm going to look that up and see if a lot of this shit is verified. Um, Yeah, that's crazy. Hold up. Tom Cruise and his ex-wife, Katie Holmes, they are doing the same exact thing with Will Smith and Jada. Exactly. Will Smith is connected to the Church of Scientology, and we know how the Church of Scientology works. You're not just a member of the church when you're in the church. You're a member of the church in and out of it, and they take full control of your life. We've already seen it with so many people, like Tom Cruise. Like you said, Tom Cruise is a perfect example. Tom Cruise is open about his involvement in the church while Will Smith tries to hide it, even though, like you said, he's over here making schools that are pushing this ideology. Everything that Will Smith does ties back to the Church of Scientology's ideology because it comes directly from Aleister Crowley. L. Ron Hubbard was actually a devout follower of Crowley and based his entire religion off the ideology. That's actually that's actually true. That information I know for a fact is indeed true i know that much everything else to me that's being said it's a foreign language but it's interesting learn from Crowley's teachings so of course i believe they have a hand in this marriage i believe they're the ones making this marriage act the way they do they're pushing the same do it that will agenda the same age of horus agenda that many other occultists are doing within hollywood this is why so many people that are in hollywood run to the church of scientology because it's a cult that doesn't have to hide they have unlimited power and get anything done what they believe in is what this church teaches so why not join that church and openly practice what they're into without raising any suspicion this explains it all to me, including the kids and everything that they're going through. I'm pretty sure the church has a hand in with the kids as well. Definitely. And I think it's sad that Will, just like every other celebrity in Hollywood, has chosen to indoctrinate his children into this at such a young age. It's obvious that he. Well, you got to look at it like this. And there's some people that have children and their children have nothing to do with the industry. You'll rarely see the children. Some people are fortunate enough to have a name where their name is solidly based on what they say and what they do. And most of the time, their family is not out there in the spotlight. 
maybe like, you know, you know how you know how niggas is. We, we want to take our moms out the hood, take the moms out the house, get her a new house. You know, you know, when, when you having a special event, of course, your mom got to show up and shit. She loud. She black. She all loud. You know, that's like nigga shit. That's what we do. Um, because most of the time, a father is not present. Yeah, you know I mean, very rarely do you see a father in that sort of realm of the celebrity, the black celebrity. And when they give praises, they always give praise to their mom, which I don't see it as a bad thing. I'm just it's noteworthy. This situation here, I mean, shit. L. Ron Hubbard was, in fact, a follower of Aleister Crowley. Um, I mentioned Aleister Crowley before, considered the most uh, wicked man in the world, I think. Um, based a lot of his beliefs on, I believe, Egyptology, not Egyptology, but um, the worship of Horus, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Horus. And I guess the occult, uh, the occult were the ones to make Horus be the devil. And they were, they were the ones to sort of transfer the energy of negative energy into symbolism. So things like I mentioned before, this is very powerful what I'm telling y'all, because if you look at symbols like the swastika, a lot of people will see that symbol and think the Nazis. Um, previously, that was a symbol used in Africa. Um, it was a symbol used in India. It was a symbol that that pretty much meant welcome. It was a welcome symbol that pretty much symbolized welcome, welcoming people are sort of like peace in a sense or uh with india or even yoga namaste right they even have that symbol symbol in some way connected to that but the evil in their energy their spiritual negative energy turns that symbol into something bad you understand so i think there is that way where these people when they worship Lucifer, these are Luciferians, their God is the devil. Their Jesus is Lucifer. They've they've just taken the spiritual father, son, Holy Spirit thing and added to them to mock the Christians. You see what I mean? This is where um, some people believe it. I don't um, the Baphomet being a symbol of good. Well, how is a how is a beast? With breast and a penis, a symbol of good. I don't understand that. And some people really believe this shit. Um, because what they do is they take what's good and make good evil. And they take what's evil and showcase it as good. Making his kids dress and act this way. But if he- Which, by the way, sounds a lot like Aleister Crowley, as above, so below. And for some reason, they just chose this image on their own. That all just goes to show what they're being exposed to in that household. Just imagine what these children are seeing. Sadly, this is just another example of children being sacrificed to Hollywood. And I just want to backtrack just a little bit because even if it's not Will influencing his children to act and dress this way, it's what they're being around in the teachings that they are seeing every single day. Obviously, we know the Lima is a thing that they are practicing. And this shows whoa, clearly whoa, they are Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, the Lima, they did, They said the specific, I think that is the religion of Aleister Crowley, but there, he had another one. I think it was a uh, Golden Dawn, the Golden Dawn. A lot of people, I'm, I'm a music, 
I, I wouldn't consider myself a music fan, but I know enough about music. I know that a lot of the influence of David Bowie, rest in peace, David Bowie, a lot of the influence from him in the Golden Dawn was the influence from uh, the influence from Aleister Crowley. So there is a connection here. And uh, Sgt. Pepper's with the, the Sgt. Pepper's album with the Beatles that has Aleister Crowley there. I mean, there's so many there's so much evidence. So when people say it's all conspiracy theory, it's laughable for them. You, you can almost laugh at them and pity them. It's out there. It's right in front of you. They let their kids do what they want. These children dress how they want. They act how they want. That is the Woody message Boomin. that Aleister nasty. Crowley was trying to spread. Sick. But it's obvious that they are the ones. And Aleister Crowley was a nasty, disgusting man. He par- he participated in pedophilia. He participated in all types of sick, disgusting things. So you would have to ask yourself, with all that being said, why do these celebrities look at this man as influence? Why do they have T-shirts of this man? Um, a person having a skull shirt, because I like skulls. I like, I like the Grim Reaper. I talked about this before. I like the, I have a a tattoo of the Grim Reaper. I like the Grim Reaper. I'm not saying I like death, but I like the imagery, right? Um, other people can see the tattoo that I have and think that I'm some type of devil worshiper or some shit. I don't give a fuck what people think of me personally, but it's just how people view you. And some of those people who are super judgmental, they'll never understand why people will be judgmental towards them. They almost don't realize that they're completely judgmental, right? In this situation, it's like, all of this shit's been going on. So why is everything being sort of um, unleashed now? Why is all of this information coming up now? And like I mentioned in the last episode, I'm going to mention it again. Guys like Professor Griff was bringing this shit up years ago, right? Decades ago, really. And it was all the same things. But his talking points were more so connected, more so into hip hop. He wasn't really talking about celebrities like that unless it was a rapper who became a celebrity. Because at that time... You got to remember during like 2008, 2009, around those times, a lot of the rappers, uh, a lot of the rappers became more involved in films. You had Ludacris. Of course, you got uh, Ice Cube, Ice T. You had uh, guys like Exhibit doing Pimp My Ride. You had rappers kind of going outside of what they were routinely doing and getting to a bag in another way, which was a smart move for a lot of those people, especially Ludacris, right? If you think about it, it's almost like a night and day analogy of today. Because what rapper do you see today really getting into films? Like, yeah, I'm getting into movies now. and Because guys aren't even thinking like that. Niggas like 50, like he was ahead of his time in a lot of ways. You see what I mean? Niggas like 50 was ahead of his time in a lot of ways. And so he was able to, to transcend that shit into films, into documentaries, into movies, into mixtapes, into albums, you know what I'm saying? Into sneakers, into clothing. Like he he really he really did that shit. I put 50 Cent in a higher category than Jay-Z outside of like lyricism. I mean, of course, you know, Blueprint. 
I mean, Get Rich or Die Trying is is a dope album. Don't get me wrong, but like the Blueprint, like two, you fucking kidding there? Sorry, it's no comparison, man. No comparison. Gotta give props to Jay Z, even though all these niggas they're part of this shit. You know what I mean? Until until I see evidence otherwise. Because you would have to say to yourself, well, how many people, especially after the Diddy and Cassie situation, how many of these stories are going to come out? Jamie Foxx came out. There's a second um, allegation towards Diddy from someone. I might grab that later on tonight. I mean, there's a lot of shit going on. Then again, I might fall back after this. We out here. I'm just I'm just out here putting in damage. You know, what I mean, just a, just another day. Like I said, it's fucking uh, it's Black Friday. I'm broke. I'm black. It's Black Friday and I'm black and I'm broke. You dig? So what better way to, you know, you know. And I was I was saying to myself, I wanted to play some more like video games and shit. But I didn't know what I wanted to play. I, I forgot I had to delete. I had to delete my uh, last Xbox account, my Xbox account, because I forgot the password to my Microsoft, um, my Microsoft account, and they had given me. I had like close to seventy dollars in like gift cards. I lie to you not, but I can't redeem the shit because I don't know my password. So I said, "Fuck it." I deleted that. I had to grab. Um, I had to make another account on Xbox. By the way, um, what is it? Judah and Jay. Judah of NJ, you know what I mean? For those that play video games, you know what I mean? I don't play, I only play like wrestling. Uh, What else? I play uh, Riders Republic. I play a couple other games. Y'all can catch me on that. Um, Judah of Jersey, J-U-D-A-H of, no, Judah of NJ. J-E-R-Z, no, J-U-D-A-H of NJ, yeah. Um, and then I was like, yeah, I forgot I had Mafia 1, 2, and 3, but I played Mafia 3, like, previously, which I always, I can always go back and forth to that game for some reason. Uh, but I was deciding, like, yeah, you know what, Mafia 1 and Mafia 2 will do it, you know, the, uh, definitive edition, you dig? Plus, I like the way that, um, Mafia 1 works out. Well, first is Mafia 2. Mafia 2 is just kind of dingy to me. I've always looked at Mafia do, uh, Mafia 2 as a dingy game. Mafia 1, when they cleaned that shit up, it was nice. It had a nice look to it. The story's kind of trash, I ain't gonna lie, but like certain action sequences is good. I heard they were coming out with Mafia 4, by the way. That's the reason why I'm bringing this up. I heard they were coming out with Mafia 4. There's actually a lot of information. Um, they showed a lot of leaks of uh, Grand Theft Auto 6, which I've already said I'm not excited about the game. And I know for a fact, and a lot of people, they'll lie. I'm 35, so I don't give a fuck. A lot of people will lie about this shit, right? They'll say, oh, no, nah, this is going to be a good game, whatever. Nah, fuck that. Grand Theft Auto 5 was mid. It was good when it came out on Xbox 360 because I played it on the Xbox 360, beat it several times. Then it was talk about it coming out on the new Xbox. And at that time, I didn't have the new Xbox. So I didn't give a shit about playing it. And then they said, oh, they got first person mode. I'm like, fuck, now I got to buy the game. Bought the game, beat the game twice. Then they said, hey, the series is now released. I'm like, I'm done. Fuck that. 
And all they do is release these fucking... My stomach's growling too, by the way. All they're doing now is pretty much releasing old games and they're just rebuffing the graphics. I don't know why people are so much of a fan of that. And I, and I talked about this a little bit, but since this is a whole different episode anyway, I can kind of just wig out a little bit when it comes to this. Um, these like remasters, and trust me, I fell for a few of them. The Call of Duty remastered um, uh, Modern Warfare 1 and 2 before the remade Modern Warfare 1 and 2 and 3. Don't be confused. I have 1, 2, and 3, by the way. But in, in my opinion, like remaking a game is a little bit more constructive than just remastering a game, meaning you just made the game look better, but it's still the same gameplay. Um, it didn't work with them with Grand Theft Auto. I wasn't surprised about that. In fact, I was anticipating the fuckery. Um, I had Game Pass. I still have Game Pass. I don't have Game Pass Ultimate anymore, which I'm kind of bummed about because that was on my last account. But I don't really give a shit. I can still download games if I want to from Game Pass. So, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas and Grand Theft Auto Vice City was released. I think it was released also on Game Pass. So, if you were smart... And you really just didn't want to buy the fucking game. You would just get Game Pass for like $10 a month and just be able to play the shit. Um, the game was buggy as fuck. It was supposed to be remastered. I can remember for a fact I played. I used to have uh, San Andreas on my phone. A lot of people didn't may have not known, but San Andreas and Vice City. And I believe Grand Theft Auto 3 may be on... Um, the Play Store. I don't know if it's still there, but I definitely had San Andreas and Vice City on my phone, and it ran better and looked better than what they re-released. So, yeah. Just make good games. Um, a lot of people were talking about the RoboCop shit. They're saying that's one of the best games of the year. And it's kind of like that's one of the games besides Cyberpunk, the new uh, Cyberpunk that made me go... Well, damn, now I want to get these fucking games, but I have to upgrade my fucking system. It's fucked up, man. It's the struggle. Only the real can relate. This is the struggle. All right. But anyway, let's get back to this bullshit, man. We got like, what? Four minutes still of this. God damn. The foolishness. The fuckery. Right? All right, let's get back into this this on their kids especially when willow had mentioned that she wanted to have two boyfriends at one time and her mother didn't even blink an eye to this a woman who should have sat her daughter down and had a conversation with her about this didn't even say anything but instead encouraged her to do so even that one incident where willow at 12 or 13 was laying in the same bed with rico the actor from hannah montana who was about in his 20s at the time she had no problem with that as well yeah jada's definitely acting like a handler for a child like she's teaching her daughter how to behave in Hollywood and it's interesting because Jada herself said that she doesn't respect marriage that she never wanted to get married she only married Will because Will told her to marry her and that she doesn't believe in marriage this is the agenda that they're using this woman to push they want everyone acting like this they want every now hear me out because that's an excellent point that 
if I'm not mistaken, shout out to Manosphere Highlights Daily. He was the one that pointed this out in a documentary that there was a bat, a lot of back and forth about the marriage between Will Smith and Jada and how Will wanted the traditional marriage and Jada really didn't want the marriage to begin with. And I don't know what happened. It's almost as it's almost to assume that Will Smith could have been this controlling guy, which if obviously if we're looking at things from a clear perspective today, we would say that Jada is actually the one that's running this nigga. The problem I have with this is it's obvious why Jada ended up marrying Will Smith. What did Jada have versus what did Will Smith have is a simple question. And then if she didn't want to get married to Will, why would she have two kids with Will? So you you have to really look at this shit. And I think a lot of people just don't want to assume the worst. But it's like, yeah, these people don't take marriage seriously. Marriage to them is not what people assume marriage to be for yourself or your family, your loved ones, whoever. Right. It's just not. These people... Like Jada, she married Will Smith because she knew for a fact, without a shadow of a doubt, she knew for a fact that she would be set financially. That's just my opinion, though. What do you think? To not value marriage and not respect God and to just sleep around and to do what thou wilt and to follow your will. This is the things that they're pushing. And you can see it all over mainstream, all over how these celebrities behave and how they act and what they teach and how they tell you to accept everything. This is what the do what thou wilt generation looks like. This is the age of Horus that we're living in. Having the situation with Jada and August Alsina shows you what this is all about. She publicly humiliated Will Smith and everybody thought that Will Smith was just being made a joke of and all this, but Will Smith doesn't care because this is what they're being used to push. This is exactly the image that they want out there. They want him. That's something I disagree with heavily. So I have to point that out. And he said it very quickly. So if you weren't really paying attention, you'll just believe it. Like, oh, okay, yeah, no. Will Smith cares about the situation. Will Smith looks miserable every time he's with Jada. You could tell with certain Instagram videos that Will Smith had that I think academics, once again, shout out to Act. He pointed it out in one of the videos. You can tell by looking at him like, dude, he's not doing good. He's not doing too well. And I mean, mentally, emotionally, he's not doing too well. And I'm not saying that to kick a man's back in because I talked about this before when Hassan Campbell was talking about when he got back from getting shot and he was talking about how he felt and he just said, fuck it. And I and I didn't I didn't agree with that. I mean, I don't relate to that, but I relate to what he was saying prior where it was like. He just fell into this slumber of depression. He didn't feel like getting out of bed. He can barely walk. He's just like, just not in the right space. You know what I mean? So I can understand that. But I understand it more as someone who perseveres from it than someone who's a victim of it. And thank God for that. And I don't take that lightly when I say that. But there's other people that you can tell, like, they're they're only it's only a matter of time before some of these people break. That's why a lot of people need a break (laughs) 
If you, if you, th- you ever thought about that? Like, you need a break to prevent yourself from breaking. Um, and that's a that's a crazy thing if you think about it. I never really thought about it like that. When it's break time, like yeah. But it's almost like break time is really like a refuel time, you know, re-energize time. You you charge. You know what I mean? Some cases, you know, people just crash out because they really don't have they don't have any positive thoughts in mind. They don't have any constructive thoughts in mind. They only are made to break themselves down and break down others that are doing better than them. And I see it as, to an extent, with, with a Will Smith, he's already broken down. Um, he's broken down emotionally. He's broken down um, in a physical or psychological way with the Chris Rock situation. Um, so he's feeling the effect of the situation. This isn't, to me, an act in any way, shape, or form. I only connected it to a movie or a reality show from how shit is going along and how tabloids and how certain people who may know about the situation stay silent while everybody who knows nothing about the situation, like myself, talk about it. And that's just willing to let his wife sleep around. And they want a woman who's willing to accept that her man might be into men and women. This is what they're trying to create the new world to be. And you can see that it's even being pushed down to their kids. Their kids are pushing this agenda. Their kids are the new ones trying to make this acceptable. This might all look chaotic and might look like a bunch of nonsense, but this is a well-orchestrated plan. And I believe the Church of Scientology and the Freemasons are behind it. Yeah, and I think it's pretty obvious here that Quincy Jones himself is another gatekeeper, just like Clive Davis. I'm pretty sure Quincy Jones... Damn, she did it, not me. Although I said that in the last episode. Let's, let's keep it a buck. And I didn't listen to this, by the way. Made Will Smith do the things that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, there's a lot of rumors of Quincy Jones if you just look it up. And they're going to remain rumors because nobody's going to want to back this up and end up in trouble with men like Quincy Jones or even like Clive Davis because they know the consequence. We all saw what happened to Whitney Houston and Clive Davis situation. And we know that Quincy Jones have similar power. This is how the industry works. Will being exposed by his assistant, to me, validates all of the claims that Will is into men and all of this, even if he denies it. What purpose will his assistant have to come and expose Will. Doing this is going to make sure he never has a career in Hollywood ever again. He did this to expose the truth and he probably seen way more than this, but is making it clear that he spoke out on Will just in case anything happens to him so people can trace it back to him. But it's been an interesting year as we've been seeing so many celebrities being exposed for their dark past. Not that long ago, we saw Akon being exposed by Suge Knight. Then we saw Diddy being exposed with the Keefe D situation. Then we saw Diddy being exposed with Cassie. We also saw Charlamagne the God get exposed by Funk Flex. This seems to be the year that these celebrities are being exposed. And it's not like it's doing anything to their career because these people are still successful. They're still making money and nothing is happening to them. They're still doing their thing. But that's it for this episode. I appreciate each and every one of you guys for stopping by. I want to thank you guys for watching and I'll see you guys in the next. All right. So what do y'all what do y'all think, right? And I'm asking the audience because it's just I look at it as I mean, it's, it is a lot of speculation, right? And what he's doing he and she, whatever the two couple in the channel is doing. It's kind of like smear campaignish. But I understand what they're trying to do. 
But you also got to realize like channels like this will have guys that don't show their identity or guys who just have, you know, symbols and avatars and shit. It's kind of like, you know, you know how I feel about it. I don't really, you know, take it or leave it type of information. You know, some some things may be new to some. A lot's old to others, right? Some people know about this shit. Like I said previously, not in this podcast, in another podcast I had, I forgot what I forgot what uh, platform it was. But I would talk a lot about this shit. Shout out to Zero Balance, my nigga from Trenton. Shout out to Trenton, New Jersey. Uh, my nigga Zero Balance. I would meet up with him on a train. Pause, that sounds crazy. But I would meet up with him at the train station and uh, we would just record. It's all about a bunch of shit, but it was a lot of social engineering, things like that. A lot of crazy like conversation. I kind of miss talking about it. So when I talk about situations like this, it's almost like nostalgia in a sense. Cause this is like 2012, 2013, I think. So, um, you know, shit like this, you kind of like you can just take it or leave it right to me this shit's entertainment and it's funny to me i just think it's funny you know all these niggas is uh booty booming it's really it's really sick honestly but it's also funny um i'm gonna move on to uh lefties losing it okay you got a mom a mother obsessed with her new uh her newborn being gay so she called the newborn gay so the newborn's gay so that's that's as much as that's as that's as leftoid as you're gonna pretty much get let's just be honest in this country it's it's, it's up there uh yeah sky news australia shout out to rita panahi and let's get it now to Melbourne, where students skip school to lose it in the streets and shopping centers of the melbourne cbd let's have a quick look Security were left scrambling as Melbourne Central was occupied. Kids packed every corner of the main foyer, surrounding an image of a watermelon, a symbol that shares its colours with the flag of Palestine. In class and many still in uniform. Run we wanted to come here and say that, like, you know, we, like, we're only high school students and even we know what's wrong and the government isn't doing anything. No, no, they may be kids, but surely they've heard by now that the River to the Sea chant is a chant for genocide, for the end of the only Jewish state. Also in Melbourne, the kids were chanting Allah Akbar, which is yo, adorable given how Yo, 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 chill, chill, chill. They're trying to get a nigga boomed. Chill. Yo, whoa, whoa. Yo! Many of these lefties claim to be. <laughs> now to a disturbing clip of a mother who is obsessed with her newborn baby being gay. No, really. Yo, gay baby. It's a gay baby. Gay baby. Gay, gay, gay. Please be gay. <laughs> All right. So you already know how this shit coming, right? Like, for real. Blatant? Like, yo, hold up. Blatant 
fuckery. Bla- like typical democratic liberal leftism bullshit, right? There's no other way to look at this shit besides that. I don't give a fuck how you view politics. These people are shot the fuck out. Just shot out. Right? Um, I wanted to, at once, at first I wanted to say, well, you know, gay is originally a term for happy. I, I kind of wanted to say that at first, so maybe that's... I really was trying to go for that. But then she said, I hope you're gay. Please be gay. That, I mean. Okay. Be what you want to be, but be gay. Okay. Wow. Thank you. (laughs) Right? No pressure. No pressure. Be what you want to be, but be gay. Ladies and gentlemen, I thought, I thought like, you know, maybe people on the right were just wilding out at first when it comes to all this shit. I thought like it was just, all right, these right wing niggas is off the hook, right? I just thought it was that. Like, all right, that. Nah. Nah. No. Nope, it's right in front of you. Pressure. <sighs> so that poor child needs a feed uh, and a new mother. Uh, did you hear the feeble voice in the background of what I presume was the father saying, be whatever you want to be? Really? That's all? That's all the intervention we're going to see from you, Dad? Do better. Now, you know that disturbing clip would have been unthinkable just a few years ago. In fact, it was so crazy that something close to that was in a Hollywood comedy. Let's have a look. But wait a second. You are the baby's father now, and you chose to dress that baby up in a T-shirt that says, Go. 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 That's the baby's name, is it? No. I gave him like a traditional African name. So what's the baby's name? OJ. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm sorry. The film is Bruno, and I've seen that scene like 10 times. It's still funny. Now to a lefty losing it on UK television. Here's Kay Burley's opening question to the Israeli government spokesman about the hostage release. Look at his expression as she asks this crazy question. I was speaking to a hostage negotiator this morning. He made the comparison between the 50 hostages hostages that Hamas has promised um, promised to release, as opposed to the 150 prisoners that are Palestinians that Israel has said that it will release. And he made the comparison between the numbers and the fact that does Israel not think that Palestinian lives are valued as highly as Israeli lives? That is an astonishing accusation. If we could release one prisoner for every one hostage, we would obviously do that. We're operating in horrific circumstances. We're not choosing 
to release these prisoners who have blood on their hands. We are talking about people who have been convicted of stabbing and shooting attacks. Notice the question of proportionality doesn't interest Palestinian supporters when they are able to get more of their prisoners out. But really, it is outrageous to suggest that the fact that we are willing to release prisoners who are convicted of terrorism offenses, more of them than we are getting our own innocent children back, somehow suggests that we don't care about Palestinian lives. Really, that's a disgusting accusation. Just incredible, incredible how you could ask that question and, and and the logic behind it. I'm sure the Israelis would just love to release, I don't know, 1,500 Palestinian criminals just to stick it to the Palestinians. I mean, that is how crazy that question was. Uh, uh, my goodness. Wow. So, you know... I can't really, like, I, I choose, I personally choose not to react much about what's going on overseas. I I, I really hate to say it like this, but I, I'm, I'm kind of a American first type of black. I don't participate with the Palestinians. Um, they, they like tan, they ain't black. They not black. They sure as hell not Americans. I prioritize I prioritize white people over Palestinians and, and, and I'm being honest with you. I would not only do that, but I would prioritize white people over Israeli people, right? I, I really can care less. I just want y'all to know. So when I have an opinion um about this situation, my way of looking at it is not to like say I'm pro this or pro that. I'm I'm pro America, so I'm just gonna throw that out there. So um outside of that, I mean it's crazy, the situation's crazy. I don't think we as a country that may be undereducated about the situation should really be quick to point fingers and say who's evil or not. But there is blatant evil out there. I just think that at this particular time, it's only being seen by mainstream media one-sided, okay? It's seen by mainstream media, it's one-sided, and you're not going to necessarily get the full information that you think you're going to get. That's really what it becomes. But, um... You know, the parent talking about, you know, the child being gay and all that shit like that's I really think that's just like shock value shit. And I've always talked about this. And this is something that the left constantly does. Um, They love to antagonize the opposition by taunting the opposition. And if they can just put outrageous things in your face, people on the right will react to it, you know they'll naturally have something to say about it. And I don't think it's good. I don't think it's bad. I just think it is what it is. Um, yeah, I'm not going to wait for this car. I just think uh, most people, when they are like so dedicated to one side, they kind of lose touch with reality of what's going on on the other side. I think that's why a lot of people today are kind of looking at Trump different than how they looked at him 2016. Even so, of how they looked at him 2020. Because now everything is kind of being 
shown in front of you, like, hey, you know that these machines were uh, considered unconstitutional. Right? So now, the people that questioned the last election is now looked at as, well, they were right the entire time. So it's almost like a, a you welcome type of moment because, you know, like I've always been a person on the opposite end of this shit. Always going against the grain, realistically, because, you know, I, I say like 95%, 98% of these people are black Democrats behind the scenes. This nigga, uh, Charlemagne the God, this nigga got Democratic demigods and shit. This nigga got whole bunch of crazy shit going on. Niggas is wild, man. Niggas is wild. Out of control. But now, like I said, this awakening, a true awakening, nothing to do with wokeism, is the people realizing that, hey, this person that we actually looked at as the bad guy. Oh, this guy is actually for us. We want this guy. Now y'all realizing it. Some, some. A lot of y'all gonna stay where y'all at. You know. Peace be with you. You dig? Other than that, um, yeah, niggas is flipping. Getting tired of seeing this shit. Getting tired of seeing a lot of the uh, Rainbow Ranger activities. and And these are like the people with sense, like they're not gonna crash out and say anything that's crazy offensive because they got it's not even like reputation thing, it's just you can be against something without hating it. You know what I mean? And I think the same thing I said in the last uh episode where you can be you could be for something and without being a part of it, right? You can be a you can be for a movement without being part of the movement. You see what I'm saying? Um, I'm not saying this in connection to black movements. There's not a lot of black movements that I'm for. I'm just going to be honest because I think a lot of it becomes very Afrocentric and I don't identify as an Afrocentric individual. I am an American black. I currently have just a crazy um, amount of hair that's just growing daily. I guess it would be considered a Africa uh, oriented uh, hairstyle. The Afro. I call it the Amerifro. Because I would like to further separate myself from a continent and be more here in uh, my current place of existence. You dig? Also, the whites are just the whites and just like the blacks. The problem is, and I've thought about this for a while, and I wanted to incorporate this, and it's going to sound crazy, but it makes sense. So they have these videos, these animal videos, weird animal videos where like a kitten, a dog will find a kitten, a lost kitten, bring the kitten back, take care of the kitten as if it's a dog. And even after the dog sees that the that it's a kitten, they still instinctly, instinct, instinctively take care of it as if it's one of theirs. Um, the same has been done with tigers and lions and even hyenas and, and, and lions as cubs being raised under one controlled environment, both 
both animals could grow up to essentially be one and the same. Where unlike in the wild, you would see a lot of the hyenas get attacked by the lions. In these cases, these lions and hyenas protect one another. And that's from um, the instinct of guidance in motherhood to an extent, right? So with that being said, the only thing that would separate both animals would be their characteristics. You see where I'm getting at when it comes to race? So if you grow up around white people and those white people are in the same situations that you're in and you're close to these white people as a black person, amongst other black people as well, you won't grow up looking at racism as a thing from your experience. Now, it doesn't it's not to say that racism doesn't exist. And I think it exists more on behalf of black people than white people towards black people. But that's just my opinion. Right. What I'm saying is there's a point where if you if you don't look at um, the appearance of someone in the sense of Martin Luther King, and you pay attention more to a person's characters and ethics, I think that um, solidifies whether a man is good or not good. Um, tribalism for the sake of tribalism is is idiotic. Um, blacks have been trying to do this for years, and they've gotten nowhere and gotten nowhere fast. Um, to separate yourself from other people, people that can give you insight, people that can benefit you, just on the fact that you wanted to be all black, to me, is stupid. If you had white people that did the same thing in this country, we would all consider them racist. I myself would also consider them racist, but I wouldn't give a fuck in the same way that when blacks have their own colleges, I don't give a shit about that. Blacks got their own organizations and it's considered a black organization. I don't give a shit about that. But if white people had something like a white organization, a whites only club or whatever the fuck, a white school club. Niggas would be burning the country down. You know what I mean? Just think about it. I don't like the idea that the people need or even deserve special treatment. I don't like that because it goes into the category of victim um, to, to a more victimhood mindset. You dig? Um, I think if people were just given the equal opportunity or given... Yeah, if people were given the equal opportunity, there would just be a, a better playing field, which I think for the most part, it is essentially an equal opportunity type of country to an extent. Um, due to poverty, due to crime, due to drugs, due to someone's neighborhood, um, due to things more geographic, that can be subject to change, obviously. Um, there was things that Trump wanted to implement, like, um, what was that, School Act? What was that? What do they call that? I don't think it was first act. It was something. It was something to deal with schools where the parents had the options of getting their child a better education to probably where they're located and to get um, access and transportation to other places to where these child will. Well, depending on, of course, the students. I mean, not the students. Depending on the parents, if they want their children to actually further their education. Or kind of be, you know, a product of their environment. Um, school choice. There it is. Through the grace of God. It's funny. I'm, I'm parked in front of a church. But I looked at the church for some reason and remembered it. School choice. Um, 
that some things like people aren't really privy to because they're only looking at things on like they're looking at one channel, right? Um, you know what I mean? They're looking at one channel. They're operating on two to three channels. They're operating on a few programs. Um, I always like the opportunity to to listen to other people's points of views. And not to pick it apart, but to kind of like try and identify with it. So maybe maybe if I'm correct about something, then somebody else kind of verifies it. Or if I'm wrong about something and someone says something different, I can look it up. Rather than just go, yeah, you know what? This person looks, he's black, so he's a black, so I'll support him. Like to me, like, 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 like how I look at shit, it's kind of like, it's dumb. There was a study, and I want y'all to think about this. There was a study. White, the uh, they had these uh, white parents and their daughters, and they and they gave the option of, you know, what daughter did they want to play with, and to everyone's surprise, they went to the dark baby, and they're picking up and holding the dark baby, and everybody's like, I remember the white supremacists, they were losing their fucking mind. They were like, yo, this is the end of the world. It's a gene. I don't know what it is. It's a curse. You know, nigger lovers. This is what, you know, white supremacists, that's how they talk. Um, <laughs> but it, it just goes to show you that some people, and I've grown up around a lot of white people to know, there's some white people that are fascinated in a sense by um you know they're they're fascinated by you being different than them there's not a, it's not really a ra- race has something to do with it but it's not as negative as people think um the same principle is blackface people really look into this shit you'll realize that they were only they couldn't I don't know what it was back in the day. They wasn't trying to hire niggas or whatever. They they put on blackface. To me, it makes them look stupid. It doesn't offend me one bit. It makes them look dumb. Um, the Wayans brothers, white chicks. Why weren't white people offended by them dressing like white chicks? Because to them, it was all humor. It was funny. And by the way, they're the ones that's dressing like women. Going back into the gay agenda. Going right back to the gay agenda. <laughs> You dig? Going right back into the gay agenda. The booty boomers. You dig? Sick. Disgusting. Unacceptable behavior. It's an hour. I don't have anything else to really go through. There was a couple. Did I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. If y'all if y'all not interested in video games, y'all might as well, you know, end it here. So, you know, understandable. I just wanted to talk about video games briefly. I talked about it a little bit in the beginning of this. <clears throat> so there's a lot of different things going on. I don't have a lot of information on hand, but it is in my memory bank. Um, like I said, Mafia 4 is apparently in the works, so I'm pretty excited about that. Um, they show screenshots and alleged maps of what would be the Grand Theft Auto 6 map, which I'm assuming it's Vice City in places around Vice City, and I think the islands outside. I, I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. They showed the the protagonist, that's right, protagonist, a male and a female, so yippee, right? And I put in the comment section, when I saw this shit, I can just smell the wokeness. It's just disgusting. I already know what's coming. Some type of lesbian, gay agenda, whatever the fuck they decide to put in video games now. 
video games are done. Besides a few heavy hitters like RoboCop, from what I heard, I saw the gameplay of it. I didn't want to see too much of the gameplay because I'm still kind of interested in possibly buying that as well as the Series S um, sometime during the holiday. But I've seen enough. I'm like, yeah, that, that looks dope. But other than that, it's like, God, what else do they have? They don't have anything. Call of Duty was a bomb like I called it. <laughs> Call of Duty was a fucking bomb. What a surprise. It was so bad. And people don't really think about it like this. It was so bad that they previewed the gameplay on Modern Warfare 2. So what the fuck do you expect different? Oh, this open map. Uh, is, I, I don't even care. Like That shit looks like garbage. Graphic-wise, it looks like... It looks weird. It doesn't look like... And it's weird for me to say it, it doesn't look like a Call of Duty, but in a bad way. It doesn't look like it visually. It just looks kind of bland, man. It's like embarrassing. Like, what were y'all thinking? But then again, you got to realize it's Call of Duty. They're going to continue to make mediocre games. I don't think they're going to really take matters serious. Um, it's hard to say that they're a sinking ship because their games, their previous games, even if they make bad games, they got previous games that outreleased that or out-released the previous games they made before that. Or people will still talk about uh, Modern Warfare, the original Modern Warfare, or people will still talk about Black Ops, or people will still talk about World of War. So, so it's just like, yeah, cool. The reality of it is, though, um, it's a sinking ship, realistically, in terms of anticipation, people actually being excited about it rather than saying, all right, this is a new game for me to play online. That's all it is. Call of Duty, the new game to play online. That's it. Campaigns, uh, you know, definitely fell off with that now, didn't they? Um, all these other games, trash, trifling. What the fuck am I even... Like, it's, it's ridiculous. And all the graphics are getting better and better. Isn't that some shit? Ain't that some shit? While the graphics get better and better... The actual gameplay sucks, and the gameplay is repeatedly a disaster, right? Um, Battlefield, they're they're next up, and I just know they are because the last game that I actually bought, dumb enough to buy that fucking game, didn't have any first person up, didn't have any um, didn't have any campaign, didn't have any fucking um, no story, nothing to the game. Hey, just just plug in, you know, create a little character. Okay, unlock the operative. All right, cool. Play online. That's it. Anything going further? No, not really. But play online. Oh, yeah, the walls can break down and uh, you can play online. That's it. Sure, you can play these games offline. Yeah, you can play with bots. But like, what the fuck's the point of that? You know what I'm saying? It's just even the shooting games, they're all just becoming mediocre games. All mediocre. Offering nothing. Um, like I said, Grand Theft Auto. Look, I'm playing Grand Theft Auto 4. Grand Theft Auto 4. And I was just playing this shit earlier. I was, I've been playing it for a minute now. I bought it for like five fucking dollars, right? You know, backwards compatible to Xbox One. 
And I'm playing it and I'm going, why is this funner and better than Grand Theft Auto V? And I can come up with a quick list just off, off the top of the head. The only thing that saves Grand Theft Auto V is the first person mode. Because I have to admit, that is a good, that is a cool thing to put. But I don't think they should have put it in the fifth game that was already released. Just my opinion. But if they were to add that in GTA 4, GTA 4 would have just outright be better than GTA 5. Uh, Liberty City or New York, all the five boroughs, including Jersey. They got Elizabeth, Jersey City, and a couple of other places. It's just named different. But certain landmarks, you can tell. Um, They just put more, I think they put more... They put more into a map that already existed. And in Grand Theft Auto V, what they did was they just took Los Santos and a couple of areas outside and they just repolished it. Um, people know this because you look at a fucking um, you look at a fucking Grand Theft Auto 4, right? And it's like, all right, you see a good amount of detail. Like when you when you actually have to like a gun, when you actually have to like shoot people. There's there's like a more realistic feel to it. I think GTA 5 kind of got too it got too smooth. I know that sounds dumb, but the gameplay became too smooth. And in a lot of ways the missions were better. The bank rob mission, the bank robbery mission in GTA 4 is better than any of the heists in GTA 5. Bar none. I don't give a fuck. Storyline-wise, um, the fact that there was a lot of twists and turns throughout the entire Grand Theft Auto 4 storyline, I think Grand Theft Auto 5 was just telling you, like, in the beginning, you knew that, you know, Mike was the one that, you know, pretty much cooperated. You know it from the beginning. Trevor pretty much knows it from the fucking beginning. And it's only a point of, okay, when's Trevor going to attack, you know, Michael and all this other shit. Franklin is like third part. He's like the third wheel. There's not a deep amount. There's not a deep amount of stories or a storyline between any of them besides besides Michael, the main protagonist. So the other people and the ability to go back and forth was just cheap, in my opinion. And it didn't really... It, it was kind of cool at first, but then after a while, it's like, all right, whatever. The Nico Bellic sort of story was just more, it was more, I guess, realistic because he's an immigrant coming off the ship, coming into New York and trying to make a way. But he was a criminal in the past. He was a soldier in the past. He did terrible shit. He's a bodman. He's a shooter. You know what I'm saying? He gets busy. GTA 5 storyline is ass. We always know, we already knew that this would come down to this. GTA GTA 5 storyline is completely ass. GTA San Andreas storyline is probably the best storyline outside of the obvious outdated gameplay. But that's not to say that the game was bad. In fact, a lot of people will still argue that San Andreas is better than Grand Theft Auto 5. Alright? That being said... And I said this in the beginning, this whole remodel, remaster shit, it's getting old. It's almost like cheap because it's like, well, what are these people? Because look, there's games like I think um, Infinite Bright was made by one person. 
graphically, that game shits on most of the games out today. There's other games that were essentially made by one person. All right. Or just like a small team of maybe five to six people. Right. The problem is the industries, just like in any other industry, it takes over. So any of the games that are essentially like indie games, it can be considered an indie game, but there's actually a lot of detail and work put in it because it looks so good. The develop, not the developers, but the people who like run the shit, they want their hands in it. And it's almost like, damn, if you do, damn, if you don't, because if you don't, it will just be a popular game that people like that you probably won't make any money off of. But if you give it to the hands of these people, they'll take that game and completely water it down to nothing. So it's a very interesting thing with video games. I've noticed there's just a lot of shortcuts with these people. And they tend to just release shit half-ass. And I find it funny that they're upset when people, like, point it out. Like, yo, man, this shit's kind of, like, lame. They'll kind of, like, try to shame them and point it out. Like, no, man, you know, we put time and effort into this. And it's like, some of these people do. I'm not going to say, like, these people don't put in time and effort into these games. I think that their way of promoting it is fucking stupid, Right? Like, if you're trying to sell a video game, the last thing you really want is an hour-long gameplay of a video game. Even if it is the shit, you kind of want the people buying the game to find out for for themselves. But this is how you can tell the game industry is kind of going down, and they really piss and shit the bed by doing this. And I've always brought this up. It's nothing new, really. But they always tend to, like, half-ass release games. Um... If you noticed Game Pass for people who have Game Pass, people who have Xbox, they're doing the same shit where it's just like a game preview, but it really is a full game. It's just not technically finished yet. And it's like, it's almost like you would expect an indie developer to do that in a sense, right? Because it may be their baby, right? They may have put three to five, even seven years into this independent game. So they kind of want to see if people like it for them to continue to add on and possibly try to gain traction and release the game, right? Um, Very little games were able to have that momentum. Like, from what I can remember, one of the big games that I was a fan of was, was Fallout New Vegas. And it wasn't Fallout New Vegas itself, but Fallout itself had a lot to do with it. It was the modders and the people that added a lot more to the game. And, of course, we all know Fallout 4 did the same thing, but kind of failed because that was the only thing that held the game together. The story, another, another game, people were excited about, myself included, right? So I brought up the I brought up the day that my cousin had given me um, Fallout New Vegas and Brink for those who remember that game, and I played that a little bit, but I wasn't really a fan of that. But I remember first installing Fallout New Vegas, and I think the only games that I was playing. I'm gonna tell y'all how old school I was. The only games that I was really playing on PC, I remember Quake had an online, Quake had this free online engine 
and I lie to you not, Quake, the infamous Quake game, had like an online, I think it was like Quake Live, I think that's what it was called. And I was playing a lot of that, so I got used to certain of the controls of moving around, WS, all that stupid, dumb shit. You know, because I'm a controller baby. That's me. I'm the controller baby. I'm used to the consoles. I'm a console kid. What can I say? So, I remember put, putting in um, New Vegas, and I didn't know what to expect. I played Fallout 3, and it was kind of like, uh, New Vegas hit different. I don't know what it was, but I remember... There's this guy named, um, is it Chest Albreach or Albreach Chest? I forgot. He's um he's a YouTuber and he does a lot of game mods and he does a lot of mods for, he goes over a lot of mods and does mods himself for uh, the Fallout New Vegas game. And I, and I then like from that moment realized like, okay, I know what modding is. So I downloaded all the programs. I started downloading all these mods, and that was one of the games that really got me back into video games, because before that, there wasn't really a lot of video games, and it wasn't that I wasn't playing video games, because I was going from, like, a lot of people, like, like I came up off of the 64. A lot of a lot of people who are maybe a little bit younger, y'all came up off the, um, the PlayStation 2, very few came up off the PlayStation 1. My older brother, my oldest brothers, or my older brother and oldest brother, um, they had, they were, I think my older brother had the Sega. That was like his era. And then the oldest brother had the fucking Super Nintendo, dog. So this shit is deep. For me, I had the Nintendo 64. Like, that was my first system. Like, that was my baby. You dig? Um, GoldenEye, Perfect Dark, fucking WrestleMania 2000, WWF No Mercy. Come on, stop playing. Then, I might have to go get the, uh, I might have to get the emulator on my phone now that I'm talking about it. Because I used to have my old phone that I had. I had the PSP emulator and I had an N64 emulator. But the N64 emulator was clutch. And I have Virtual Pro Wrestling 2, which is pretty much like the Japan, all Japan pro wrestling version of, of No Mercy or um, WrestleMania 2000 in the United States. But in Japan, you dig? And it had Vader and all that shit. I mean, I came up off of the N64. The blocky graphics. Um, I forgot what they called it. The octagonic. I forgot what they called that. The graphics. It wasn't 3D. It was poly. It was poly. I forgot. Fuck. But it was a it was 3D like, but it wasn't 3D. But it's still like the N64 is is different. And I went from N64. It's like chronological order almost. Like N64. My oldest brother had the PlayStation One. And then before the PlayStation Two came out, he gave me the PlayStation One. And then I was just playing Tekken and shit. I was never really a PlayStation fan. Until the PSP and shit came out. That just became fascinating that it's a handheld game that doesn't look like fucking Nintendo, you know, 3D or some shit. You know what I mean? So, before my brother had the N60, no, before my brother had the PlayStation 2, or the, no, yeah, before my brother had the PlayStation 2, he had the PlayStation 1. I had ended up getting the PlayStation 2 later on. 
because a friend of mine just didn't want the shit. He was like, yo, you want it? And he gave me that. And I remember it was like 10 games that came with it. PlayStation 2. So I was pretty much playing PlayStation 2. But even in terms of like the controller, I never liked the controller of PlayStation. I never really liked even shooting games to an extent. I never really liked those games on PlayStation. But then Grand Theft Auto came out or San Andreas came out. And I remember my brother driving with my brother. It's crazy because I remember this shit like it's yesterday and it's mad long ago. We're talking about the premiere of San Andreas on the PlayStation 2. I drove with my brother at that time. He had a car. I forgot what kind of car it was, but we drove to another town, maybe like three or four towns away. But we took like the highway. So that shit, we got there like 15 minutes, whatever. And I remember him saying, yeah, we're about to pick something up. About to pick something up real quick. And I didn't know what he was talking about. I'm like, okay. This nigga sound like, even when I was young, I'm like, this nigga's picking up drugs. This nigga's drug dealing. But anyway, going to the mall, and he he comes out with the with the game. I'm like, oh, shit. He said, yeah, I'm going to, uh, he said, he said, I'm going to let you play it. I'm going to let you play it for like 45 minutes. Because I think he had to go somewhere or whatever. It wasn't 45 minutes. I think he had like a school dance. This is how long ago this shit was. He had a school dance in high school. And I was like, all right, cool. I was like in like maybe this, I don't know what grade I was in. I can't even remember. Maybe eighth grade. I can be absolutely wrong. But I sat back and played the mission from when you got to get chased on the bike. And you, I played like an hour of that. And then my brother came home and was like, yo, get up. You're done. I was like, damn. He's like, how was it? I'm like, yeah, shit. I remember bringing it up like, yo, that shit is dope. San Andreas is different. Even now, there's a, it's like a, uh, it's a nostalgic feeling that I can't, I can't really describe it. It's almost like Christmas when you're a kid. It's almost like that type of feeling. Um, and that, and that feeling is gone with a lot of video games. I say all that to say that. That feeling is gone with a lot of video games. Like, I still play like Cyberpunk. You know, I'm a big fan of the Mafia games. I'm just a fan of a lot of the mafia, uh, mafia documentaries and shit, too. But I'm a fan of a lot of the Mafia games, first-person shooter, Call of Duty shit. And there's not really a lot of games. Like, I bought... When I bought Black Ops 1 and 2... And, like, even now I'm thinking about it. It almost makes me want to play it again. Because those were, like... Those video games meant something. Like, there was actual... You can tell that the person... The people that were responsible with it, they put a lot of effort into it. Like, it wasn't just, like, a a one-off type of thing. But then even Black Ops became sort of, like, dead on arrival after, like, Black Ops 3. It's like, Jesus fucking Christ. And I bought Black Ops 3, too. I'm dumb. Storyline is just confusing. The combat, though, is different. So it's like, with Call of Duty, that's, like, one of the weird things. And I'm about to end this. But that's one of the weird things about Call of Duty, right? I remember um, Advanced Warfare. People talked about how bad the game was. And the reality was, it really wasn't bad in terms of gameplay. Like, certain things that they did, like the whole smart grenade thing, where it kind of shows where everybody's at, that's actually pretty cool. The problem is, it shouldn't be in a Call of Duty game. The people who developed Call of Duty should have made an entirely different game with that combat 
And that game would have probably carried over what Call of Duty is today. I guarantee you it. The only thing that ruined it for him was Call of Duty. Infinite Warfare. Another example. <laughs> like, yo, um, was Infinite Warfare the one where they were in uh, spaceships and shit? Where they were in space? Like, yo, we're going too far now. Another decent game. A game that if it was titled different, if certain things about it was different, it would have been a game that would still be probably duplicated and made today. <clears throat> Call of Duty just jumps the gun. They're known for it. They go a little bit too in detail with certain things, and they lack in so many others. And like me, I like... I like stories with character. I want y'all to think about this. Some stories only have action. Some stories only have violence. You know little about the person doing the violence, but you just see the violence. And a lot of people are just fans of that. When it comes to video games, of course. And movies. Films, for that matter. For me, I'm, I'm more story-driven with character. Like I, I would like to see if a character's bad now, I want to see where that character became bad, right? I think even in terms of like TV shows, like I can give you guys pretty much with one hand the only TV shows that I really looked at and go, that was that was dope. Sopranos, Sons of Anarchy, Breaking Bad, um, there's another the wire can be mentioned that's an honorable mention and that's it that's actually four there's another one twin peaks twin Pe twin peaks another show that had a story characters it was a character driven story where for example the wire is about the cop right the sopranos is about tony soprano all right Sons of Anarchy is about Jax. Okay, Breaking Bad. You see where I'm getting at? It's not just a show that just has a bunch of fuckery. And you kind of get a glimpse of a character, but you don't really know about the character. You just know about what's going on in a particular moment. Some shows can capture that. The Sopranos were trying to capture that, but they failed. Because what they did was they showed too much of what went on in the show. What you got to think, how long was that show from it, they started filming two? No, they started filming 1998. I think, what was it? 2006 was their last season. I could be wrong. It could be later than that. With the mini sinks of Nork, for example, for people that are fans of The Sopranos, you know about the disaster that is the many saints of Nork. All right. You know. They were better off trying to make a series out of it on Netflix. And I don't know why they didn't do it. It would have made more sense. That way, if it bombed, they can just bow out gracefully. Making an entire film and hyping it off of a television show. That, by the way, no characters are in besides... Was it a... Wait. 
they had flashbacks of um, Gandarfini. They got Gandarfini's son, who for some reason people thought was like bad in the show, and I just didn't see. I mean, not in the show. Who was bad in the film? And I don't think his son was bad at all. I think his son did a good job. But then again, I'm kind of biased because he already looks like him, so it's like that's good enough for a lot of people. But I think for his role and what he played, granted, they've made with certain they they made him seem like he was better than what he is in the show. But I think that kind of makes sense because at the end, Tony Soprano is still sitting in front of a psychiatrist, so it kind of you know brings back that. But anyway. Whole lot of fuckery. We just talked about a whole lot. Um, um, the Smith. I'm gonna call it the Smith shenanigans. Let me just come up with a title right now and offhand exit out these other things here that I'm not using. The uh, Smith. Shenanigans. Lefties losing it. Plus. Games. And. Media. I think that sounds good enough. The Smith shenanigans slash lefties losing it. Plus games and media. That's going to be the title of this episode. We talked about a lot, so I guess the title is going to be just as long as the dialogue. But anyway, as I always say, in the meantime and in between time and until next time, Jersey Judah with another episode, another edition of the Crimson Capsule Chapel. I'm going to save my energy for the weekend. Pretty sure we got a lot of things to go over. I'm going to go back into the political shit. I'm going to see what's going on with Uncle Trump. You know what I mean? Watch these fucking leftoids get stomped out by Trump. You know what I mean? That's always a a fun thing for me. Um, A few other things. I don't want to stay on this type of conversation when it comes to, like, celebrities much. But if there is some, like, crazy allegations, best believe I am here for the fuckery. All right? I can't help it. And besides, um, there's still the Jamie Foxx thing. There's something about Diddy again that's popping up. We may get into that sometime. But as for today, I'm good. Because I did an episode earlier that was already an hour and 40 minutes. Didn't share that yet. And this episode right now is close to an hour and 30 minutes. But as I always say again, Jersey Judah, another episode, another edition. The Crimson Capsule. Chapel. I'm signing out. Peace.